Thank you for joining IAB There. And now your host, David Cohen. Over to you, David. Hello, everyone. And thank, thank you, you for joining for... IAB There. And now your host, David Cohen. All right, today is Thursday, August 13th, uh, 2020. I'm David Cohen, I'm the president of the IAB, and thank you for joining us uh, at IAB There, which is our daily live stream where we talk about uh, all the pressing issues, timely issues in the digital advertising ecosystem. Today, uh, we have a great show uh, scheduled. We are talking about ushering in the next generation of TV with our special guest, uh, Bill Livick from uh, Comscore, Chief Executive Officer and Executive Vice Chairman of Comscore, and Scott Howe, Chief Executive Officer of Flybram. And if I can have both of them join me in the stream, that would be awesome. Uh, hello, Scott, how are you? And Good, David, Bill, thanks for having hello. us. Hello, how are you? Good to see you. Hello. Thanks for being here. So I am not going to, we have extensive bios for both of you, and I hope you'll, be, you'll forgive me for not reading those bios in detail, because if we do those, we'll be halfway done for the show. But suffice it to say that you both have fantastic pedigrees, and we're very fortunate to have you uh, on the show. So let's, uh, let's dive into it, uh, if we can. I'm going to get into, obviously, lots of topics around uh, your partnership, which I think is uh, super exciting. But before we do that, We'll just take a moment and pause and just see how everyone is doing, uh, both you personally and your teams, as we are working in these very, very unusual, uh, difficult times. How, how is the team holding up? Uh, how are you managing to you know, maintain morale and get, uh, get business accomplished? We'll start with you, Scott. Sure. Uh, well, we announced a couple weeks ago that we would not uh, ask anybody to go back to work before February 1st. And we're really lucky at LiveRamp. We have just an extraordinary group of young people that work with us. And, and they view this as a, as, a, as a huge adventure, not adversity uh, per se, but just another adventure in their lives. And so they've really been leaning in. And in fact, this is an interesting week to talk to us because uh, it was only two days ago that we had our earnings call. And in an era where everybody else is shrinking, we grew 21% year over year. So we really haven't missed a beat. I saw that. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, what about you, Bill? Uh, you had a good earnings call, too. Must be uh, we did. something in the we had, Yeah, we had a great quarter. We had record earnings. And uh, since topics about TV, our TV business is growing nicely. And um, uh, like Scott, we're very fortunate to have a great team. We all hunkered down in place the middle of March. And uh, we also are not contemplating going back into the office until next year. Um, and it's a testament to the human spirit and our ability to adapt to the environment we're in. Uh, we haven't missed a beat. Uh, our customers have come first along with the safety of our folks and things have worked remarkably well. Yeah, I think we as human beings, we as an industry, we are remarkably resilient. We, we comment all the time how we've been able to not really skip a beat at all, become really productive over the past couple of months. I mean, the, the question really becomes, not that we have to answer it, is what's the long-term effect? Uh, because there's a lot of intensity in these kind of days where you're kind of on these video calls, uh, you know, one after the other, but we're getting a lot accomplished and. Uh, 
we're going to keep on keeping on. So that, that's good to hear. All right, let's start with just uh, from 30,000 feet, because we're probably not going to be at 30,000 feet anytime in the near future on an airplane. Let's just talk about the business. And I'm going to ask each of you, just give me a sense of what are the big business challenges that we are facing uh, in a kind of digital marketing media uh, ecosystem today? Bill, we'll start with you. What are our biggest challenges uh, as a business? Well, I think the challenges are pretty much what they were before the pandemic, but I think they have gotten compressed during the pandemic. There's always been a focus on accountability. Uh, and now those are not words, uh, it's a reality. Uh, brands have put pressure on the ad agencies, uh, ad agencies have put pressure on the medium, media to prove that what they're delivering, they're actually delivering. And when they talk about targeting, they wanna make sure that those targets actually worked and result, resulted in an action, whether that be a movement to a retail store, uh, digitally speaking or physically speaking, uh, or making a purchase. So I think the space that we're in, uh, the challenges now are where the opportunity is coming out of the other end, things that we've been building for for a decade. Got it. And Scott, what, what do you think? What are the biggest challenges for marketers uh, today? Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Everybody talks about the cliche of these are unprecedented times, and and it really is, right? But in another respect, I think all three of us have seen this movie before, and we kind of know how it ends. And and what I'm speaking about is entering a recession because we're clearly in a recession. And and all three of us on this call have lived through the 2001 recession, the 2007 financial. Yep. Uh, market crisis. And in each of those previous recessions, there was a trend that emerged that's happening again. And, and more specifically, what we saw, the easiest place to cut is one's advertising budget. But what in fact happens is as the ad budget is pressured, there is a natural migration from things that are unaccountable, above the line, often brand oriented, to things that are completely accountable. In a conversation with the uh, CMO of one of the, the world's largest quick serve restaurants recently, and, and he said in a five-year plan of what he wants to accomplish, and he feels that all of a sudden he's trying to accomplish all five years of that in just a single quarter, because mm. it's, it's just iron-focused, laser-focused, on results, accountability, making every dollar matter. So it's a focus on kind of myopic short-term gain and not kind of the long-term brand uh, gain, which which is a which is a dicey proposition. Well, but you know, I think, I, I think yeah, David. But but where I where I would tweak that a little bit is yes, everyone's focused on ROI. But the hiatus of work from home is also giving people a little bit more time for reflection. And uh, I can't tell you how many of our clients have referenced an article um, issued by the BBC. If, if folks on this call haven't read it, really worth looking at. It's called Why Amazon Knows So Much About You. And it is all about the amazing data that Amazon is capturing on its customers and how it's using that to improve the value proposition to those customers. It's literally amazing when you read this. 
And a lot of our clients are saying, hey, now is the time. Um, if the world is changing around me, one of the ways I can compete more effectively is by getting smarter with the application of data, both in terms of what I ingest and then how I activate it. And, and we're seeing that. I mean, Bill and I talk about this. Uh, we were talking about this even this morning. What an incredible opportunity to transform television. Mm. Yes, I totally agree. We'll, we'll come back to that for sure. Let's just talk about the, the partnership that you announced, um, uh, why you did it, uh, what it entails, what you're looking to accomplish. Bill, do you want to give a, a crack at that? Yeah, well, when the day that, uh, or the week that Scott announced uh, his acquisition of uh, Data Plus Math, I reached out to Scott. Uh, believe it or not, uh, we had never met face-to-face -face before that time but uh, we had a lot of uh, associates in common. And uh, a long time ago, one of his board members was one of our board members. And I reached out and uh, you know, talked about how Comscore and LiveRAM joining forces with the data sets that we have on measuring the global consumer, how we're entertained and informed in a census basis, privacy compliant basis, with the tools that Scott has, that we could together develop a single platform that can help the brands and media companies do what we know they want to do a whole lot easier. And where we could cut years of other people's development basically to what we have done in real time. And we, from start to finish of talking about this partnership, it happened very, very quickly. Got it. Anything to add, Scott? Or is that a good encapsulation? I, I think it's the, the right encapsulation. I, I would say we're not unique. I see this happening across clients that it's almost always the case that someone's most valuable data is the data that they themselves are, are collecting because they know the most about it. Well, if that's the case, then the second most valuable data set is what someone someone else might know, you know, another industry leader. And so all across industry, we're seeing, you know, a great retailer and a, the best packaged goods companies join forces to deliver a better value proposition to its customers. That's what's happening here. There is not a company on the planet that has better television information in terms of reach and device specificity than Comscore. And I look at LiveRamp as a leader in addressability. So the marriage of those two things together can really deliver some amazing value to the entire television industry. Got it. Now that, that makes sense of sense because that was really going to be my next thought. There's a lot of people who are kind of gunning for the same thing. It's kind of one plus one equals three. Lots of folks are coming at this from, you know, a similar angle. And I, I do think that, you know, your answer of kind of, unprecedented uh, reach and scale in a game where we're always looking for reach and scale really is an important factor when we're talking about data and measurements. So I, I think that's a good, um, that's a good uh, angle to, to pursue. Let's just talk about one of the existential questions that I, I know we've all on stages in the past, or I fondly remember those days where we've debated kind of, uh, you know, some things like context versus audience, what's more important you get into the debate uh, as to why well, you well, both are more important, and, and of course they are. Uh, but when pushed, I would always say that if I'm not reaching the right audience, the context doesn't really matter. Let's kind of apply that to um, another uh, existential debate, and that's kind of counting and value. Uh, 
And I think those two things sometimes get conflated also, uh, because we tend to kind of bucket those together and we have currency conversations. And I really think it's important that we parse them apart. So Bill, I'll ask you, and don't tell me both, which is more important, counting or value? Neither. Results are more important. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, you got it. I mean, what is the third right. dimension then? Yeah, I mean, look, let's be practical. Um, we, we built our business from the household to the zip code to the county to the market with the idea of having extraordinarily high granularity. So we did that with the idea of serving a number of different mar markets. The byproduct here is that you can take an audience of people who uh, own a four-year-old European luxury car and develop models. Are they in the market now? Or look uh, where their lease is or their loan is and target those types of households. You can't do that with samples. You can't do that with smart TV data alone. You actually can't do it just with the cable and telco satellite. You have to have a combination and you have to have tools to deduplicate this stuff. So smart TV information, if you can't apply it against cable, satellite and telco and deduplicate it, it will leave you to an erroneous decision. So um, I think one of the big dangers out there are there are a lot of what I like to refer to as gray market data uh, solutions that only have a piece. It's not complete. And like gray market parts you may buy for your car, it may look okay for a while, but if, when you get into a crash, is it going to hold up? So um, I think that's a piece of why we did this partnership is that the right answers are coming out of our systems. And that's important. So um, you have a future in politics, I think. So I'm gonna get back to the question again, because you skirted around it a little bit. So is it fair to say that you have to get the count right before you can start talking about value, right? Maybe this is a sequential conversation because you can't talk about value unless you, to your point, we're adding lots of things together in very disparate ways. So unless we have a single view of the world, we can't talk about value. Can you can you at least grant me that? Oh, Bill, I can't hear you. I think he's agreeing with you, David. He's granting. Hello, Hello David. I agree. Oh, okay. I was assuming that you were agreeing with me, but uh, I couldn't read your lips. So uh, I'm going to assume that you're agreeing with me. Great. We missed your. We cut your audio. Cut out for uh, a second. So yes, you do agree. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Um, let's talk about, um, we've been talking about measurement. I mean, we've all been in the business for some time. Uh, it's been a vexing problem since time immemorial. We have talked about measurement forever, and it's always been different shades of uh, the challenges that we face. How would we characterize how market marketers are viewing measurement in today's day and age? What has changed um, in the past, let's say six months in 2020, that's different than what we have seen uh, in the past. Uh, Scott, I'll give you a, a crack first. Sure, I think the, the big change is the fundamental industry inertia. And I've seen this before when the industry has arrived at other tipping points. And 
in 2001, 2002, we all talked about, hey, 40% of eyeballs are online, but why is only 3% of marketing spend there? We had the same conversation in 2011, 2012, uh, when we talked about mobile and said, you know, it's a lot like European soccer. You know that it's the, the next big, big thing, uh, but it never really catches on. And then all of a sudden it did. Uh, and, and it really just takes a few successes and some changes in the underlying environment to break the inertia. And, and what we're seeing right now are some things that are breaking the, the kind of status quo of the last 40 years. We talked earlier about on the advertiser side, they're feeling pressure about making every dollar matter. And so they're more interested in exploring new techniques uh, around accountability and specificity uh, with online and uh, with with television to make it look more like online programmatic. On the publisher side, we're seeing a similar break in momentum um, in as much as publishers are starved for yield, but also recognizing that given the time shifting that's occurring, they may not be getting full credit for the ads that are seen. And so at the same time, on both the buy side and the sell side, they're saying, is there a better way? And, and add to that one third factor, which is the very way that television has been bought and sold with the upfronts, not possible anymore because we're all working from home. And, and so it's created a, a laboratory for experimentation, a willingness to try new things. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I, I absolutely agree. The corollary to that, the kind of, adjunct to that is um, outcome-based measurement. We've talked about kind of moving away from uh, buying impressions and buying uh, outcomes, whether that outcome is a sale, whether that outcome is someone ending up in my uh, retail location, a sales surrogate. Um, what, what's, the, what's the barrier uh, to getting to outcome-based uh, measurement, uh, Bill, in your, uh, in your opinion? Uh, it was infrastructure and systems. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, even though we didn't rehearse this one. This is why Scott and I did the partnership. Um, when you've got other company systems cobbled together, it becomes more complex for the user. And users don't have enough time in the day to cobble people's solutions together. Um, we did that, where we're taking impressions that are at a local level, national level, digital and TV, combine that together with audiences so then outcomes can be looked at. So it, it almost is sequential. I think we're well through the first two of audiences and impressions. And impressions in digital, we've taken for granted. It's a concept that is moving very rapidly into TV and for large local TV groups, be it NBC, Universal, uh, Telemundo, um, Nexstar, Sinclair are running very quickly along those lines to match the protocols in digital. And then outcome-based, that's what we have with our, our system, Data Plus Math, and with LiveRAM. Yeah. You know, what? just one um, kind of story from my, my past live. Um, you know, on the agency side, there has been agencies through the years that have kind of dabbled with you know, pay for performance compensation models, which has been in some cases successful, in other cases not so much. You know, the you know that marketers like uh, predictability generally when it comes to uh, fees and and things that uh, 
that they're going to need to pay to uh, to agencies. And in some cases, we found that we were so good at actually driving results that they would have had to pay us far more than they would have paid kind of a uh, an normal kind of retainer or FTE based model, which was which was problematic. So I think that the the whole compensation model, how people get paid for the services that they deliver, is also going to have to uh, evolve uh, a little bit. Uh, the, the other thing I'd just say, and then we'll move on to the next question, Bill. I've heard you talk about in the current environment, marketers are going to have to be more and more, or are going to be more thrifty uh, and kind of more uh, budget conscious. And I think that that's a that's an obvious uh, fact as we head into a recession. Uh, when I hear thrifty, I I think about cheap. I think about buying tons of garbage, and I think about kind of buying the same thing as I bought last year for twenty percent less. That's not what I what we should be thinking when you say that, right? That's not the no. that's not what you're referring to. No, I'm not referring to that at all. Actually, I'm referring more to a, a comment Warren Buffett has made many times. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. In an Oof. environment we're in, we're thrifty, but we're value conscious, incredibly value conscious, which comes into these infrastructures that Scott and our company have built of allowing value to be realized by the brands and the media companies. Got it. Let's talk about the video marketplace all up. So um, we have been experiencing uh, evolution, revolution in video for some time. Uh, I, you know, we've been talking about the, the slow demise of kind of linear television, the rise of uh, folks like Netflix and now Avod. Uh, and now we're talking about just huge growth in CTV and, and OTT platforms. What is, how, how will we know when we reach the tipping point uh, in television? Scott? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's going to be when we see uh, a meaningful percentage. And right now we're talking about 10% or so of a 70 billion market yep. is addressable. I think within five years, we're going to see that look more like 50%. Will we ever get to 100%? Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's going to be room for linear television. It's still going to play an important role, just as direct mail and radio uh, play an important role in, in uh, for, for marketers. Uh, but uh, make no mistake, addressability uh, is been proven. Uh, in digital with search and it's coming to television amen from your lips to god's ears i hope so bill let me just do a follow-up uh to that you know there's many ways to slice this cake you know as we think about kind of the evolution of video there's addressability there's uh data-driven linear there's ctv there's full episode players and digital video like uh hulu and, and youtube etc which is going to be the the killer, who's going, to sh who's going to drive the growth, in your opinion? Well, I think the growth is already being driven. Uh, as I sit here at my desk, here's my Comcast remote control, and I can go to my voice button and say uh, Hulu, and Hulu pops up on my yeah. Xfinity device. Um, I can say um, uh, Yellowstone on um, uh, Paramount, latest episode will pop up, or the first episode from season one. And what we're already seeing um, with the different platforms that are brought to you through this remote, like Peacock, Hulu, 
Netflix and the like, those that are ad supported, we're already seeing addressable ads in there. Where I, I was watching a program on Hulu the other day, great user experience, very few commercials. And some of the commercials were obviously targeted to me because it said now available in Fort Lauderdale or targeted yeah. to my geography. So um, I, I think with a pandemic and our time at home, we've loaded up on the platforms and, I, and it's ironic, I think just fortuitous maybe uh, is the right phrase that the cable companies have been able to pull together all these platforms so I, I think we're at that tipping point. And the future of TV, I think, what we're seeing today, it's going to get easier, easier, and easier. And with deference to Sumner Radstone, who just passed, he said, always content is king. And I think that's what consumers are also re realizing once again. You're going to watch yeah. the platforms for the great content and TV shows, not the platform. You're watching the programs. Yep. What's, it, what's interesting about what Bill just said, though, is, you know, you asked for who will be the winners, who will drive it. Um, in some respects, the answer is consumers are the winners uh, because we've yep. all had those experiences where we're watching 2 a.m. cable and all we see in the last hour of the, the movie is uh, 20 minutes of ads, all of which are, are horrible. Um, now... Uh, the consumer benefits with potentially less but more relevant advertising, which enhances the viewing enjoyment. And I think as an industry, as we move this direction, um, that's what we have to make sure doesn't get lost, um, that has been lost um, in, in some other channels, that it's all about the consumer. And if we deliver yeah. a great experience to the consumer, then everybody wins, advertisers, publishers, but most importantly, the person watching. Completely agree. Completely agree. I could talk to both of you guys for hours, and I know we have about five minutes left. So I want to I want to turn the attention to uh, the cookie list future. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time at the IIB and the IIB Tech Lab thinking about what happens when third party identifiers go away. What happens when cookies are deprecated? Scott, can you talk a little bit? What What are you doing to prepare for the cookie list future? Yeah, David, I'm so glad you asked. I mean, as, as many of your audience probably knows, uh, we several years ago launched a capability called the Authenticated Traffic Solution. And what's really interesting is uh, we just published a case study with Fitbit. It actually performs better than cookies uh, because if you get consent from consumers with the publisher, you have consent with the advertiser, um, the, the campaigns just perform better. In fact, uh, we saw with the Fitbit campaign, a 2X lift over the control group using cookie targeting. Uh, mm -hmm. So for any publishers out there who are confused about what to do, um, the answer is start preparing for a world without cookies, but expect a better, a better future uh, because that is right around the corner. The better value proposition for consumers, higher yield for publishers, better ROI for advertisers. It's all good. Mm. And while you're while you're on a roll, what about second party data? Uh, that's that's on the roadmap for uh, your partnership too. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, super interesting. I referenced this earlier. Um, a lot of companies have really great information around their their customers. And it's consented information. 
there's great opportunities for different great companies to start to collaborate on their information to deliver better experiences and better products to their consumers. I mean, imagine, for instance, um, a connected car and all the places you might visit or a financial services institution and your travel partners or a retailer and the co-op packaged goods suppliers that are stocking their shelves. By joining forces with their information, they can actually deliver better experiences and drive better ROI across uh, the partnership. So I think this is a big, big deal. And it's coming to television as well uh, because there's going to be all kinds of opportunities um, for both programmers and advertisers to collaborate with one another um, and deliver better experiences to consumers. Super exciting. Yeah, totally, completely agree. Awesome. We're going to end with uh, my favorite part of this uh, session, which we're fondly calling a lightning round. And uh, it's hard enough with one person. When you do it with two, it's uh, even more complicated. But I have faith in you. Uh, I'm going to say a word. And then we're going to go Scott, Bill, Scott, Bill, Scott, Bill. So we have to, that's the, that's the routine. And you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So snap judgment. Ready? First one is podcasts. Scott. Love them. Love it. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. So I'm not going to say a word, just to say the word, Scott, Bill. Good. That was a little slow, but we're getting there. Artificial intelligence. It's going to be very important. Oh, no, no. Scott goes first. Scott goes first and then Bill. So Scott, artificial intelligence. Overhyped. Bill? Underhyped. Every aspect of our business. Soon. Nice. Upfronts, Scott. Dying. Bill. Above. <laughs> Attribution. You're very, much more politically said than me. <laughs> Attribution, Scott. Essential. Accountability. Okay. Addressability, Scott. Part of every media plan and every tactic. Addressability equals efficiency. Okay. IDFA, Scott. No room for monopolies in the industry. (laughs) Okay. Bill? Makes our digital panel far more important. Mm. Zoom meetings, Scott. Better than the alternatives, especially when you have great backgrounds like yours, David. Thank you. And Bill? The death of airlines. Avon. <laughs> a- a- Avon, Scott. Uh, really important to my kids, so really important to the future of advertising. Bill? Super important to advertising. Okay. How about SVOD, Scott? Uh Important for a few. I'm Netflix is king. Okay. Bill? If you can afford added avoidance, it's uh, uh, going to be there a long time. Okay. We're looking for one word and we're getting some phrases, but you know what? I'll, I'll go with it. Set top box data. Scott? Pure gold. Oh, Bill? 
physically and virtually here forever. Wow. And CES, Scott. Uh, Got to find something to do with a couple days in my life <laughs> next January. <laughs> and Bill? Uh, virtually. Got it. Well, that was a little uh, atypical, the way that these lightning rounds go. That might have been like, uh, I don't know what, but it was great fun uh, nevertheless. So thank you both for playing along. And thanks for being great uh, guests. And thanks for a great conversation. Uh, it's going to be really terribly exciting what's happening with both of you guys, what's happening with the industry. The next six to 18 months are going to be absolutely fascinating to see play out. And uh, we'll be doing it right alongside you. So uh, thanks very much. Have a good rest of the week. and. Uh, we will see you next time. We'll see you soon. Thank, Thank you, David. David. Thanks for all you're Thank doing you. with the IAP as well. Yep, you bet. All right. Bye. So uh, did you know that the IAB is in the uh, in the podcast business? We have uh, lots of different podcasts. Uh, it's not just IAB there, although we have IAB there, just the audio portion uh, of uh, this session uh, there as well. On Tuesday, we have the IAB Policy Podcast discussing the legal and regu regulatory developments changing the industry. And then on Wednesdays, uh, we have uh, IAB leaders. So myself, Randall Rothenberg, and Dennis Buckheim are talking about what's, uh, what's important uh, in the digital landscape. And we separate kind of fact from fiction, hype from, re from reality, and that's called IAB Real. On next Tuesday's IAB there, we look forward to welcoming Tim Natividad, Head of Advertising Sales and Performance Marketing for Roku uh, to the show. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Carrie Villanueva. I'm David Cohen, and thank you for watching. Come back next week, because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB There. Thanks a lot, everyone. Have a good weekend.